Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode, the inaugural episode of Believe in Bears, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Allow me to introduce our host. He is a former Illinois State alum, former Chicago Bear, offensive lineman, Cameron Lee, our host for Believe in Bears. Cameron, it's first and 10. You got the ball. How are you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling good. I'm excited to be here. Excited to be doing this with you, Joey. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm ready to, to get after it and try this new arena, the podcast field. Here we are. Here we are. The pool is small. Trust me. There's not a lot of people out here, so we're going to have plenty of room to swim. Help us out with the audience uh, real quick for Bears fans that are out there. Just talk real quick about, you know, just your career as a football player, as an athlete, and what it felt like to wear the Chicago Bears uniform. So I was a a multi-sport guy, uh, big baseball player, basketball player, ended up kind of finding football because I was a big dude in a small town. Um, So I ended up playing football uh, in college at Illinois State University as a walk-on, eventually earned a spot. Uh, then ended up going to the NF, uh, NFL Combine. I was surprised to be there, and then had the opportunity to, you know, ended up being a, an undrafted free agent, and chose between the. Uh, basically, it came down to the New Orleans Saints or the Chicago Bears. I chose the New Orleans Saints, which is a, a fun story that lasted all about six weeks. <laughs> Didn't go great. And then after uh, I, I had a stint in Cincinnati during training camp, and I thought I played really well, ended up getting cut. Uh, the Bears had picked me up before I even had the chance to really know that I wasn't going to make it in Cincinnati. And so they told me to get up to Chicago by the end of the night. And I spent all of 2017 with the Bears. Ended up, uh, I was on the practice squad for the first through week 13, I think. Ended up getting activated when uh, Kyle Long got hurt. Didn't expect to see the field, but ended up playing in the last two regular season games of that 2017 season. Um, yeah, played, I, I think, the entire second half against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they weren't great, but we weren't much better. And then ended up playing a little bit against the Vikings uh, week 17. And then, uh, yeah, in 2018, ended up getting released with the new staff uh, when uh, Coach Nagy came in and... and um, uh, kind of bounced around for a little bit, ended up going to Baltimore for a training camp, ended up playing a little bit in the AAF before realizing, hey, man, some people are meant to play, some people are meant to talk about it. So I think I'm more of a storyteller, and that's why I'm excited to be doing this pod. You lived the dream, and what I love about it is you went New Orleans Saints gumbo to Cincinnati six-way chili to (laughs) finally the Italian beef, where I think the audience here, I think we're all probably more on board with that decision uh, in the long run. And uh, so, I mean, you grew up a Bears fan, no? Yeah, let's say it's that. okay. I, I, hey, we're here, we're here to talk honesty here right now. I mean, no. I, unless you go Packers on us now, but yeah. truth tr- truth be told, I didn't even grow up really a football fan. I kind of fell into it. I mean, I wasn't opposed to it; it just wasn't really my thing. So I won't come on here and lie and say like I was a diehard Bears fan all my life. There's my team now. I've got friends in the organization. I have great. I had a great time and great experience and have, you know, great relationships still. Um, so, I mean, I always will root for the Chicago bears. That's, that's my local team. Um, but I wasn't the guy growing up watching uh, football every Sunday. I was more interested in a lot of other sports, but like I said, I'm kind of a convert, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be part of uh, 
bear down, you know, I'm part of bear down country now. Yeah. The part of the beloved uh, question, question for you. You talked about the NFL combine, your 40 time, a moment of triumph or a thing that you perhaps would like to regret. We don't have to get into numbers and math. I mean, we don't have to get there, but like, you know, how are, how do you look let's, back on that? Let's say this. I round down pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? The, the entire thing, I'm proud of the whole thing. So, you know what? I own all the numbers. They weren't fantastic. Um, but you know what? How many people can even say that they got to go, that they got the invite? Um, so I went there, my 40, I tell everyone I ran a 5.3. I ran a 5.3.9, but I ran a 5.3 that day. I didn't see a 4. I don't see a 4 on that watch, yeah. sir. I don't exactly, see a 4 on there. Right? Exactly, yeah. Oh, man. They, but going out there and you, – you know, you, they line you up and they put you, they strip you down to basically your underwear and they measure you and, and just, man, they basically make you feel just ridiculous. But it's also on one hand, it's the most honored you've ever been. Holy crap. You invited me. I'm here. But at the same time, you're like, wow, this is dehumanizing on every level. <laughs> you have no idea here, how to feel. Here I am world. Here I am. Uh, not a ton of clothes on. I got an older man pinching the back of my triceps, maybe it's looking a, for body fat. Exact, and... Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's, it was such a crazy experience, but oh my gosh, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but man, was it stressful. <laughs> yeah. So I think in this podcast, Believe in Bears, you know, talking to Cameron Lee, you know, we're going to talk about the game. We're going to do the analysis. We're going to make some picks. We're going to do all that fun stuff, but also we want to hear about you. We also want to hear about the athlete's experience off the field. And maybe you can kind of, we can sort of start here where the Bears just had their first practice today, back out on the field. You know, the microscope is now officially out on a number of different players, maybe at the quarterback position, not that we have to get into it now. But can you kind of sort of walk through the emotions of what it's like getting on that field for the first time? You got the opportunity to do that. Are you out there trying to make a play? Are you out there just trying not to mess up? You know, what, what's, your mind, what's your mindset on that first day? Yeah, training camp is such an odd experience because – there's so many people in different positions, not just literal positions on the field, but I mean, your role within the organization, your role on the team, and that's all going to impact the way you go out there and handle your business during a time like training camp. You know, there are guys who are established, there are established starters, people who know exactly where they stand with the organization. I was never that guy. You know what I mean? So there are guys that are going to go out there and, you know, just say, Hey, let's just kind of ease into this. Let's just, you know, get ready to play some ball, learn, uh, you know, get our chemistry, get our timing, all those sorts of things. But then there are those young guys, those guys that are unproven, those undrafted guys who haven't had the chance to do anything in front of a coach or, or whatever this entire offseason. So this is their opportunity to show up and show out. And there's not going to have those. They're not going to have those preseason games, which is your entire audition tape. So there's a whole, I would say, a mixed bag of emotions going into this and this offseason in particular. Um, and so you just really, from player to player, situation to situation, it's just different. Um, and it, I think that it being sort of our quarantine offseason is only going to heighten that sense of difference and, and bizarreness, if, if you will. Do you kind of feel for the players in your position a little bit who don't get a chance to have that audition tape? For the guys that maybe don't make that roster for week one, you know, how do they get the word around the league? You know, other than a phone call and other than a coach maybe putting in a word for you. I mean, you kind of feeling their position right now? Absolutely. It's crazy because, like, when I've been through a couple of different training camps and I've been with several teams and being down, you know, the bottom of the second string or, or the third string or 
heck the four string in some instances um that's tough that is tough because you know that every single rep you get is the most important rep of the day i know guys and i've been a guy who's been cut based off a bad practice or a, a bad play for that matter and now you're going out there and you don't even have the luxury of getting to play that mop-up time in a preseason game that stuff is essential People don't, I mean, you don't fully even understand that that is make it or break it. That's, you're not just, you maybe, you know, getting a little more playing time. That might be the difference between you actually being on the team tomorrow. And that's a huge deal. And so for these guys, these undrafted free agents or these rookies that are trying to establish themselves or someone who recently, you know, made a change or a transition in their career, you got to have these reps. And so every single rep during this camp, this abbreviated camp, this different type of camp without these preseason games is exponentially more important. And you see countless examples too, right? Like throughout the league of, and you, you just mentioned it, you know, you walk in and sometimes, you know, that depth chart's already kind of three deep at a certain position. And so now you got a situation where there's probably plenty of players that have tons of talent in this league, but A, situation, B, numbers game. So now all of a sudden you can kind of get squeezed out of a situation. That doesn't mean that you don't belong in the league. Maybe it means you haven't found the right fit yet you really got to think that some of these guys are going to be kind of twisting in the wind a little bit. I, I think I understand correctly that the practice squads are going to be kind of extended. Like the roster size is going to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. That's the way I read it too. Again, I'm not, I'm no longer in the building, but my understanding is that they're going to be, uh, you know, adding to that roster size, almost to treating it like a, you know, like a triple a squad. You got to have someone to, you know, extra reserves because who knows what's going to happen. Someone might catch a, catch a positive test and all of a sudden, who knows what happens. So the practice squad will be expanded this season. And I think it's going to make a huge difference. I don't know what it means though. I, I have no idea how to know what any of this stuff means. It's also different and it's new. And this we this season is going to be weird, but I'm ready for it. Yeah. It's going to be completely unprecedented, right? Like, you know, keep your phone on vibrate Cameron. You never know, man. Like, and then you're going to be like, no, sorry, I got a gig. It's called believe in bears on the believe podcast network. right? <laughs> but yo, let's open up the window real quick and let's get into a little bit of Cameron Lee, the man. And, you know, I think it's hard for people to relate, but you know what, this, you know, playing football professionally and you have other career pursuits now, you know, it's a job, right? And you got to show up and you got to be professional. Give us a little bit of an idea of like your personality on your first day of work. A lot of people, first day of work, new kid in class, you know, you try and have that camaraderie, you try and, you know, be respectful, professional, but you're looking to kind of become one of the guys in a professional football setting. I don't think a lot of people understand, you know, is it different? Is it the same? You know, what kind of personality are you bringing in there? Are you shaking hands right away? Are you hanging back? Like, how do you like to approach that? I find the football situation in general just to be fascinating because it's like a little dichotomy. It's just like a little, uh, just a little microcosm, if you will, of, of like a larger society. There's got to be every single section, every single position group. There's just these different people, different personalities, and everyone has to handle the situation differently. You know, me as an undrafted free agent, I didn't walk into Hallis Hall you know, the same way that Mitchell Trubisky should have, you know what I mean? It's different. It's just different position to position. And it's sort of what I was explaining earlier, you know, you kind of have to feel it out because on one hand, you cannot walk up in there and be intimidated. On the other hand, you can't walk up in there and be an asshole. So you have to kind of toe the line, feel out the room. Uh, I felt like in my career, and there are probably, there are plenty of people who can relate to this. Uh, aside from the time that I was in um, New Orleans, where I came in as a, you know, an undrafted free agent rookie, and I came through rookie camp, and I was one of all the rookies at once. That was the only time in my career that I entered the room, like at the right time, if you will. I got, 
you know, I joined Cincinnati in the middle of the summer and then just had to figure it out. You know, everyone else knows the team. They had the element of the same page, uh, you know, a little bit more yeah, they had equality, but you know, some sort of like same footing, if you will. Yeah. They had rookie camp together or they've been through this. So I've been that guy who's in that tough position. So that was what happened when I, I went to Cincinnati and basically started on the first day of camp and everyone else had already been there. And then I went to Chicago and started week one and didn't have any preseason with those guys. And then I ended up in Baltimore on the fourth day of camp and everyone had summer training together. So, um, and that's just me, but for every single player, you just kind of have to know your role walking into that. I knew that I was never the man in the room that was made abundantly clear to me in every situation. Cameron, you are here to just to fill a void, do a job, work hard, say the right things, bust your ass. Don't hurt anybody. Don't hurt anybody. You know, yeah. And that's the most terrifying thing being a practice squad player. Like, on one hand, you got a coach that is like on your back, like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta work hard. You gotta, you gotta go hard every play." And then you got an all-pro player on the other side of you saying, "Why are you going so hard? Stop it! Let up! What are you doing?" You know. And so, being those young guys, like that, is just a tough position, regardless. Now, I will never know what the what the what the drafted players felt like. It wasn't the same. I, I'll say that much. It wasn't the same. Well, what an interesting position to be in. Where I'm just thinking of like, you know, what. A, you're, you're out there on the field and you're kind of looking for something that a coach might say that might resonate and be like, all right, I'm on the right track. Right. And maybe there's a difference between great play and you did the right thing. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you're, you're in your right spot. You're doing the right thing. Nobody got hurt. As you mentioned before, as opposed to like, maybe great play out there, you know, and, and that's how you maybe were able to click in and be like, all right, I'm doing, I'm doing what I need to do. Exactly. You gotta like, kind of, you gotta be able to peer through the information and sort of take out take the good, take the bad and understand because like in between plays, you know, this isn't college. This isn't high school. They're not going to take the time to talk to you and explain everything. You know, this is the professional level. You might get like four cuss words and, and just kind of like, you have to figure out what that means. And no one's going to take the time to explain to you how they feel about you. This is the NFL. So when you were in during your playing career and maybe conversely now, are you a type of guy that likes to, you know, whatever sport it is, you know, follow the media, see what coaches are saying, see what reporters are saying with different teams going around. Did you do that during your career or no? And now you're doing it now. Yeah. I never really followed the media too much because when I was involved in football and when I was invested in football as a player, when I wasn't doing it, I wanted to be as far away from it as possible, which might explain why I'm doing this now instead of at being at training camp right now. (laughs) When I was playing, and, and that's not to say that I wasn't trying hard or working hard or, or, you know, I did my absolute best. But when I wasn't playing football, I was so stressed. I wanted to just, you know, be anywhere else. You know what I mean? So for a lot of people, I wasn't the guy that was like, oh, what's the media talking about? Who, you know, like I, I wasn't coming home and turning on first take. I wasn't watching uh, NFL Network. I wanted to go home and, you know, just relax. I need I needed that time away because the, the game took such a toll and it was – not just physically, but mentally. And it's just, it's harder than people realize. <laughs> and on, well, now on that, all uh, ends of the spectrum. And now that you're on the other side, this is just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan. You know, I, I, played, I played five weeks of offensive line football in high school. I know Jack, right? But let me tell you, man, now that you're on this other side, we're all about the media, man. We're all about reading between the lines, like what coaches say, the way they say it, what they don't say. And I, I'm kind of curious, you know, I, maybe we can run through a couple of these here of like, you know, 
what's real and what's not, what's truth. And maybe what is this guy maybe alluding to? So when a coach training camp, first day of training camp guy comes in and he says that he is in exceptional shape. My question for you is, does that mean that he's really in exceptional shape or that he's in better shape than what he was last year? Or it was finally, he got to the weight that we asked him to come into camp in, you know, reading between the lines as a former player, what do you think that that possibly means? My understanding and interpretation of he's in exceptional shape means he's basically, he's finally reached the standard that we expected him to be at. (laughs) Yes. You know, basically that's not so much a compliment rather. It's like, Oh, he was not, he was not where he was supposed to be previously. So now he's, he's on par. Yes. The same as um, his commitment and focus in the off season program has been top notch. That's kind of my, well, my thought on this thing is like, if we're talking it up, that means that it wasn't where it was supposed to be because no one's like, Hey, this great athlete is in great shape that like that should go without saying, you know what I mean? So like no one questions the, uh, the conditioning of top tier athletes. At least I don't, I don't feel like you should have to. So for mentioning it, it's kind of like when you talk about offensive linemen and, and you say, um, that if you notice the offensive line, then they're playing poorly. Yes. If we notice your condition, then then you're not doing something right. So that's the way I interpret that. And the same would go for like your focus as well. You know, like again, laser focus or this guy's really locked in. You should be, I mean, you absolutely should be. If you're making mental errors, then, then you weren't, you know, you, then you weren't locked in. So if we're, if we're noting that, if that's where I'm saying, Oh, this guy really made strides. What I'm saying is, uh, you know, he's, he's really, He's really focusing. I, I don't. I well, don't it's, know, like your, it's like your. It's like your. It's like you're patting the guy kind of on the back by subtly um, acknowledging and promoting something that he's doing correctly that now you approve of. But also at the same time, you have to ask yourself: He's coming from a place that probably was at a point of disapproval. So absolutely. And and as Bears fans, you know this is what happens when you know we read every single thing that Matt Nagy says about Mitch Trubisky, and you know Mitch Trubisky, you know he's coming along, he's doing great, all this other stuff the next step for him is we want him to master the playbook and the, and the, the brakes screech and you all of a sudden go, well, wait a second. He doesn't have the playbook mastered already. Wait, uh, wait, hold on a second. And then you kind of, the wheels start to turn a little bit. And that, that, that little bit of that coach speak that maybe like it's trying to light a fire under empty tens, butt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I think that, uh, I think that sometimes the media and the people read between the lines a little bit more into some of that stuff. Uh, they, you know, they'll hear a story like that and think, well, was he not doing that before? He absolutely was doing that before. I mean, there's no way, there's no way that an NFL quarterback is not learning the playbook. That's absurd. He wouldn't uh, be on the field, think, right? He absolutely. Field. I think okay. so. What he's saying is, Hey, we got to find ways to improve in other areas. Let me point out something that we can say that, Hey, there was marginal improvement in this thing, you know, because it's almost, it's almost like an intangible, you know, you can't. You can't point out and say, oh, he didn't know the playbook. You know, no one's, no one's going to know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? No one's going to know that. If you, could, you could say, oh, he's not, he's not as fast or he's, his throws are off, but you, no one's going to know. <laughs> yeah, no one really actually knows where maybe like, as a Bears fan too, we talk all the time about inaccuracy, whatever. We don't know where the route is supposed to stem and where it's supposed to stop. We don't know exactly what exactly happened in that read at that particular time. And it's just really, it's really fodder that adds fuel to a fire, especially for someone like a Mitch Trubisky, who two seasons ago, everything's clicking, they're winning football games and everyone goes, all right, here we go. We got three, four years to see what we can do. And last year, obviously, you know, was a train wreck on different kinds of proportions on different levels. 
but then all of a sudden now everyone's kind of like looking for those little those little threads to pull apart the sweater and and really kind of you know pull them apart and that's where the coach speak can kind of really sort of either aid it stem it cool it off whatever either way for sure man and i think that we're going to hear so much of that and we're going to hear so much of that in reference to to mitch and the quarterback position you're going to hear so much about this quarterback battle through camp and all of these things and I don't know. I think it's all just, it's all just hearsay. You know, they're just going to, they're just going to say what they need to say. And at the end of the day, we're going to, they're going to end up throwing someone out there for, for week one. I don't know that any of this, I don't know that any of this coach speak means anything right now. There's a huge possibility that we see both of them at some point along the year for a myriad of different reasons. For sure. Neither of them have ever made it through the, uh, an entire season. And I think that that's, I would bet very strongly that that's the case again this year. In the meantime, uh, we've got ourselves formulating a really great Bears drinking game uh, over the word competition uh, because <laughs> it's all Nick Foles says is how competitive he is, how much he loves competition. You know, Mitch Trubisky rises to the challenge of competition. We're going to hear Matt Nagy say the thriving. word competition. Yeah, thriving. This is, this is my wheelhouse right here. This is the eye right. of the storm. This is where I prefer to be, right, with my back against the wall, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we really are entering an unprecedented season. and I think it's going to – it might look the same. It maybe will feel the same, but I don't think we're going to be experiencing and, 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 and watching things, especially with some of these teams that we've ever had to deal with before. You know, not that you can imagine what it's like to go through it, but I mean, the training camp has to be a little bit more boring than, more boring than ever, right? Absolutely. I mean, they're this far into a camp. You know, they've been together. What's it been? Over a week now, and they're just now getting around to practicing. So we're the, everything's going to be different. The timeline's going to be different. The contact is going to be different. The way you handle things is different. You know, this entire offseason, they just keep talking about Zoom meetings. If you hear Zoom meetings, seems like a buzzword now. But uh, you know, we've just that's that's what we've been doing. It's just sort of changed everything, and it's certainly going to continue to have this odd effect. You know, as we enter into the season. But yeah, I, I don't I don't see a way where the training camp doesn't get monotonous. I mean, it's monotonous every single day that you're, you're getting up there, you're doing the same routine and, and you're going through it and camp camp can seem like it's taking forever. And that's with games. That's with, um, you know, the travel that's with having these joint practices, you take those things away. And now we're just talking about just hanging out in the same place, doing the same practice routine over and over again against the same guys. And that's hard. It is hard to be mentally engaged and to go through that process every day without, you know, their target switching up. In 15 years, it's gone from call me to text me to zoom me. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much, that's pretty much where we're at, man. So what I kind of want to ask you is this whole concept of clearly, you know, these guys are sequestered. They're doing everything they can to stay healthy. You know, we don't really know the situation. We're just trusting that everyone's following protocols. That being said, you, you have to, that uh, no, I don't think You're, that. You really no. think that? No, not at all, man. You don't think these guys are going to go try and play golf? You see these baseball players try and go out on dates. A guy on the Seahawks today just got cut. He got cut. Because yep. he tried to bring a lady over. Can't blame him. I, I can't blame him either. That could be the love of his life. Respect the hustle. Seriously. I mean, I got a beautiful wife. It, I'd be hard-pressed to not put her in a Chicago Bears jersey, right, and try and sneak <laughs> her in because I guess that's what he tried to do. He tried to make her look like a player. <laughs> Get her into the hotel. Built. 
yeah, exactly. Just take the couch cushions and put them in your shoulders. And then just, <laughs> you know, we need a confident stride. You'll look like a running back. You'll look like a third down back, you know, no big deal. But some of these guys, you know, you have to think that they don't have a lot really going on for themselves other than the playbook and practice. I kind of want to ask you, you know, if you were, if you were in this situation or if you got that call tomorrow and they're like, Hey, look, man, like we want to bring you into camp, but you can only bring five things with you. You're only bringing five things into this NFL bubble. Cameron Lee, you know, what do you think those, what are those five things? What do you, what are you bringing in there? What do you got to have with you? Here's my, here's the thing I need to establish right now in this bubble. Am I, Am I limited to just the hotel and football practice? That's what I'm assuming. As the fan, I'm thinking you're going point A, point B, back to point A. Good night. Lights out. Okay. So my bubble must. I've, uh, I've thought about this a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> first These are essential. First. These are essential. This is an important topic. First things first. I was never good enough to not have a roommate. <laughs> and if you're going to have... <laughs> If you're going to have a roommate, you're going to want some headphones. Uh, uh, absolutely. Noise you're canceling gonna want, headphones. You're going to want some noise canceling headphones because odds are you're not on the same page as your roommate. He and you have different sleep schedules. You're going to need the noise canceling headphones. Absolutely essential. May I make an assumption and say perhaps offensive linemen snore and fart constantly? Hey, <laughs> I mean, first of, all, first of all, I take offense to that. <laughs> Hey, I'm in quarantining. I'm eating cans of chili, dude. I'm I'm in no I'm in no spot to say anything. I'm just making it work over here. Sorry about your wife, but (laughs) (laughs) no, uh, not all of us. Okay, some of us, not all of us. So obviously, gotta have the noise canceling headphones. So they're essential for any any music you gotta listen to. You gotta do your morning meditation. If you gotta watch movies, gotta have the headphones. Next. And again, this is on based on the assumption that you are not going to be on the same page as your roommate fan. Got to have a fan. Oh, I did not think of that at all. Us offensive linemen, we run hot. Well, you know? yeah, late at night, I like a fan just right by the inner thighs, just kind of like no sheets on because it's summer. Who cares? Yeah. Absolutely. No, see, you might get in there. I went through a camp with a wide receiver. We could not have been more different. He liked it hot. You know, and I'm too nice of a guy to to put up a fight. I'll take a fan. I'll take a fan over a fight any day. I'll bring an I'll bring an industrial fan into like a 200 square foot room. I don't even care. I love I, I love it. I'm all about. It. So we got headphones. We got a fan right now. Those are essential. Okay. Next, we got to do our. I'm bringing my spike ball net. Whoa. Okay. Tell me more. I know that's probably not an answer you're expecting. No. I've have you have you have you played spike ball? No, I have not. I mean, I, 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 I've seen it. I, have, I haven't played it. I mean, I'm, my athleticism's just sliding down a hill as we speak, even for spike ball. <laughs> okay, spike ball is probably my favorite sport to play. And being the chubby guy at football camp, or being an offensive lineman, you know, you, and being a practice squad offensive lineman at that, I didn't get a ton of respect. You know, I was not the high man on the totem pole. So any opportunity I had to bust out the spike ball net and show some multi-million dollar contract skill player who's the boss. Yes, there you go. I had to feed my ego somewhere. So in every camp, uh, I I ended up playing a lot in Chicago. Uh, I ended up playing a lot during my camp in Baltimore. An absolute blast. You can play in the locker room if you're not trying to play too hard. If you're playing guys who want to want to go a little bit harder, you might get an off day. Bust it out on the practice field. 
spike ball is a definite is a definite go-to for me cameron lee spike ball shark so basically like nfl spike ball shark you're just like hey i just got this game i don't know i don't really play a lot i don't know what it is right i don't know you got ten dollars oh i won again oh this is nice i don't i don't brag a lot because i'm I'm a fairly humble guy terrell suggs once called me the lebron of spike ball which is not a fair assessment (laughs) what it's not a fair assessment compared to like professional spike ballers but in a room full of guys who had no idea what they were doing, it felt pretty good. You need to own it because right there, that is a sound. But I see that is the clip right now is the breaking news from the Believe in Bears that you're the LeBron of Spike Ball. He said, "Dash Terrell sucks." That's yeah, it right, right there. Said, Bite it. <laughs> he said, "He said who called LeBron?" So <laughs> that's awesome. Hi- highlight of my existence. Couldn't couldn't block him, but man, was that a compliment? <laughs> no, no, no. That's where you just you walk away right there. That's a great nickname. Uh, Spike ball sure. net headphones and fan. We got two more. Okay, so here's where I get. I want to. I want to ask. Am I bringing in? Can I bring in like a a, a like a like a smart TV or or some sort of streaming device? Oh, for sure. I'm, I got to have movies. I don't care if they're on my laptop, if they're on the Amazon Fire Stick, the Apple TV, whatever it is. I'm bringing something to get all my TV because, you know, you got to have something to to wind the mind down after a long day of football. Yeah. So real quick, you know, when you're in training camp, maybe some people think that like, you know, NFL players are just listening to like Eminem on 12, like level 12 or like only watching like, you know, crazy Vin Diesel movies just to stay jacked up. Obviously dispel that myth for us, please. When you're winding down, what kind of movies do you like to watch? Okay. So I've prepared to bring three movies into this hypothetical bubble. They're in a packet. It's allowed. Okay. Here we go. First movie I'm bringing in. This movie makes me laugh. It's a classic. It's the big Lebowski. Oh, that's a great one. Thanks. Ooh, that's a great one. Uh, a movie that I saw in the theaters. I was too young when I saw it. Later in life, I came back to it, and I was like, oh, man, this is maybe the most the most hilarious movie I've ever seen in my life. I, I, I wouldn't have pegged you as being old enough to have seen The Big Lebowski in theaters, but hey. I, well, I had, a, I had a fake ID, uh, but ah. it was only an 18 and over because <laughs> I just wanted to go see a movie. I was that kid. Uh, you were the was, kid who had the, you had the fake ID to sneak into movie theaters. That's right, dude. That's right, that's, dude. That is sure. the, that's the nerdiest misdemeanor I've ever heard in my life. I never got caught. They never... The dwee... That is the dweebiest misdemeanor that has ever happened. They never caught me, Cameron. Attracts <laughs> okay. Attracts taking it. Big, Big Lebowski, that's a good one. Next movie I'm bringing into my uh, bubble, I'm bringing, I'm bringing Mean Girls. Really? No movie makes me laugh more than Mean Girls. And... And real it's, quick, it's solid film, right? Rides really well. There's no like down moments in it. It's just like it's just really. It's well the per, it's the perfect length. I'm not too manly to admit it. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> I, every everything about it. I love the clicks. I love, I love the the cut to of the of the Africa, of the Africa stuff and the the jungle yeah. scenes. I. It's a perfect movie. Perfect movie. Hey, and a great way to wind down after a yeah. long day of banging heads with big, tall, huge dudes. Uh, yeah. little, little, little Mean Girls. I little love Mean this. Girls. That's a nice... Last, that's, you got to balance your last one. Last one, and this one is my ass-kicker movie, okay? My ass-kicker movie. We got one. Roadhouse. Dude, we're going to be friends, man. We're going to be <laughs> friends. Dude, the fact that he wears a karate gi tucked in with jeans <laughs> is a move that... 
can we pull it off one day? We're no, gonna try. No, no one can pull that off. <laughs> only, only Swayze. Uh, I, I had not seen Roadhouse until like last year, and it's a movie that I go back to about once a month now because I'm not nearly that cool. But man, can I strive for it? And man, everything about Dalton is so badass. The way he just shows up and takes this town over, defends the meek man in his little um, his auto parts store, all, all everything, all the way to his the loft apartment in the barn is makes love on the roof. Makes love on the roof. I've never been a bachelor, but that's that's bachelor pad goals. It's un it's unbelievable. Uh, my other favorite one is uh, he's in the hospital. Uh, beautiful love interest, patching him up. What was your major in school? Philosophy. And then perfect. he just, and then, yeah, perfect. And then a, a philosophy major who also kicks ass. Finally, the, the yin and the yang, it's a complete piece. They could not have written a cooler character than Dalton. My other favorite part too is that the, uh, he's got like a ass kicking uh, alumni that he calls every once in a while and asks, you know, how's, Sam, that, how's, the, how's the shitty bar doing? Oh, it's good. Sam, how's yours? <laughs> Sam Elliott just showing up, just like as a heat check, just like, oh, by the way, could this be any more badass? We're just going to call in Sam Elliott. He's just going to flex his mustache. Oh, man, it's what a move. It, it's an that's an absolutely incredible film. And, I and you know, not is it only just uh, ass kicking, but also it's inspirational, right? I mean, like Dalton really shows you that anything is possible and always, always be nice. Absolutely. No matter what. <laughs> It's hard to believe that based off that list that I'm not still playing professional football. <laughs> hey, hey, whoa, wait a second here. Renaissance men belong in the NFL just the same. Uh, I mean, you know, random thought. Have you ever, like, been to a teammate? Like, hey, have you ever seen Mean Girls before? Have you ever asked a oh, teammate? I've, I don't know that I've ever talked about it with NFL teammates. One of my college teammates uh, and one of my roommates in college, we used to watch it and laugh a lot. Uh, just nothing, nothing cooler than two college dudes staying home on a Friday night, giggling in their pajamas in their living room, watching Mean Girls. So, uh, make sure to think. Uh, shout I'm out to Illinois State Redbirds. There you go, <laughs> the Redbirds. <laughs> I visited that college once for a weekend. I had some drinks there, and then I drove home on Sunday. It was, uh, it was a very, it was, a, it was a good time. <laughs> Saw some friends. Uh, I'm trying I've heard to think. That story of, before. Yeah, have you? <laughs> Well, I hear that a lot. That's not an original one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, three movies in the bubble for me. You know, Jurassic Park, Jay Park for sure is a, is a big J one for me. Jay Park. Yeah, I just call it Jay Park. There's no need to say all the other letters anymore. I've seen it so many times. It's losing letters for me. I'm just starting to just straight up call it Jay Park. Uh, big fan of uh, probably the movie Tommy Boy. And I'm trying to mm. think of an ass kicker, but now you got me out of Swayze on my mind. Point Break would be a great one too, just because that's unabashedly cheesy, amazing radical stupid incredible all of the i same think you time. just kind of described swayze's entire career no disrespect to the man he's probably my favorite actor but his entire filmography is just like did he really just do that but it's like in a badass way yeah to wong fu all right swayze cool swing all right snipes i see you man i see you um so we've got the movies did you have anything else on your list from the bubble um i've Wrote down, uh, the last thing I got to bring in is just my e-reader or my Kindle or some books or something, just something else to just, like I said, you got to you gotta find a way to balance yourself in this football environment. You'll go crazy, or at least I did. 
I'm trying to be 100% football 100% of the time. So I got to ease my mind, have a little have a little night reading. Yeah, during this uh, quarantine time, we've seen a lot of athletes get their game on, do a lot of gaming. Are you a gamer at all? I have sold so many of my gaming systems because I'm too mature for them. And then inevitably I buy another one about seven or eight months later. So I go through this phase where I'm like, I'm a businessman. I'm an adult. I don't have time for a PlayStation. And then inevitably... Don't look at me like that, GameCube. Don't look at me like yeah. that. I, I'm an adult. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. So yeah, so I've recently converted uh, to my PlayStation 4. <laughs> so yeah, so I've been uh, I've been playing a lot of 2K right now, play a little Madden. I'm not a gamer by any means. I'm more of the guy that likes to, I like to pretend I'm a GM. I'm more interested in making the moves, running the team than, than being the star. It's weird, but yeah, the day-to-day of running a franchise in sports is perhaps one of my greatest joys. And like you st- when you start a season over and you kind of get everything like all online and it's all fresh, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not a huge gamer. I like to play um, every once in a while, but I only play for maybe like an hour or two at a time. I've been playing a lot of 2K online with friends, which has been awesome. I've never really done that before uh, in my life, uh, and that's actually a really, really great experience. We're going to have to get it, and we're going to start playing. We're going to play the matchups every week. Oh, that's now we're talking. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Content <laughs> creation at its finest. I'm in the lab. Bears lost another one, but hey, guys, uh, in the I sim didn't. in the sim world, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's uh, let's just talk some bears. We don't have to get too deep into it because you know we're not going to get any preseason games. Honestly, they're going to hit the field week one, and then Judgment Day shall begin for the 2020 Bears. You know, just your general thoughts. I mean, uh, the Bears are a polarizing team, not just nationally, but with Bears fans. Uh, no matter where you go, are you? Uh, what are what are your thoughts generally? Excited, scared for this team? You know, what what are you looking for them this year? So I know that we're in we live in Tate culture, and we're supposed to say the hottest, most obnoxious thing we can think of. And I'm not doing that because when I look at this Chicago Bears roster, all I really feel is meh. Uh, I feel I feel like this team is a wet blanket or something. They're not the best. They're not the worst. When I look at them, I think, man, did these guys go eight and eight last year? And they did. And I feel like there's some places on the roster where they may have made marginal improvements. But when I look at their offseason moves, you know, I think the draft was okay. I think their offseason upgrades, there were a few. Um, But I just don't – I fail to see the places where this team made just tremendous improvements, you know. We're we're focusing a lot on, you know, this quarterback position. Oh, they went out and they got Nick Foles. Nick Foles is probably an overqualified backup – maybe an underqualified starter. Same goes for Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, I, the, the one that mo- most excites me is probably Robert Quinn. I think having, you know, two effective edge rushers or an effective re- edge rusher opposite, uh, opposite Khalil Mack is obviously going to boost his productivity. But when I look at this team, I just, I find it hard to, to, to see the, the excitement, the, that big change, that offseason change that is just going to, you know, make me go, oh yeah, this team is for sure back in the playoffs. If I look at it realistically and objectively, I don't know. I think eight, nine wins is is fair. I don't know that they got much worse. I don't think the division got much better. So maybe that's where we where I'm kind of coming into this thing. I'm more of a, you know, the Bears have some upside, but they're definitely going to have to prove it to me heading into 2020. Yeah, they're in that place where I, I think the reason why we're having a hard time figuring out what time, type of team they're going to be is they're, they're 
there there's a handful of teams in the NFL where you kind of look at them and you don't necessarily know which way to go based on the matchup. You can't just pull up the Bears schedule right now and go win, 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 win. It looks like the type of team that it's really just going to depend on in-game stuff, you know, whether they execute, you know, whether they can build some type of chemistry. And with teams like that, right, you know, the Phillip Rivers Chargers teams of the last three or four years, their win totals can go one to three wins or three losses depending on just kind of what, how the season sort of shakes out. And unfortunately, I think that's kind of where the Bears are. I don't think they're elite. Can they play with some of the elite teams? Sure, because as you mentioned, I think that defense every single week is something that we're going to be able to hang our hat on. But in turn, we start, until we start playing the games and seeing how this thing actually plays itself out, you know, they could lose a lot of close games. They could win a lot of close games. It's really that kind of up in the air for me. And I have no problem saying that. Like, that's middle of the road, but, you know, that's what it is. You know, they're in that middle pack. Yeah, and I think, like, we really hit on – the defense is always going to give them a chance. You know, the defense is going to be strong enough that they're always going to have a chance. They were solid last year. They were much better the year prior. Having a healthy Akeem Hicks makes a difference. Um, you know, bringing in players like Robert Quinn makes a difference. I, I like the Jalen Johnson draft pick. I like, you know, bringing back Danny Trevathan. You know, maybe Roquan Smith takes a jump. These are all good things. These are all possibilities. But I, I don't know that there's tremendous growth from you know obviously 2018 um and you know coming off of 2019 i just i'm i'm just dubious i'm dubious and 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 if if that defense is can get back to 2018 level i think that alleviates a lot of the pressure that the offense feels and maybe you know we get back to maybe that improves the offense in certain ways as well but you know i i'm just I got to see it first. And it's hard to really handicap a ceiling on this offense, right? I mean, this is a place that Bears fans know very well. This is a warm, safe, frustrating place of this ceiling of, can this offense score 20 points a game? You know, and, and th that's not today's NFL. That is just the reality of the Chicago Bears offense right now. Can they get to 20? You know, do I feel like that the defense can keep them within 16 granted you know turnovers aren't like completely you know changing the field on them all the time given them that short field that I think burned them so many times last year but can that offense get to 20 points and can they do it you know with which quarterback and can we do it with both and I'm with you Nick Foles one of the best six men in the game right one of the best off the bench uh dudes that can you know get hot for a little while and carry you but I would prefer if maybe Trubisky played well enough where we keep the, that four-game foals run in our back pocket and maybe not burn that right away. And then, you know, now we're just kind of like banging our head against the wall and preparing for a different quarterback in 2021. Absolutely. And I, I just think that, you know, an offense relies so much on chemistry, relies so much on, you know, working together, having that continuity. They don't want to have to switch quarterbacks in the middle of the season. They don't want – to go, hey, you know, we, we've got, let's give Foles a shot or let's give Trubisky a shot. We want to see a year of continuity. This offense has had issues. They've had injuries. They've been shaky and inconsistent. We just want to see some consistency. We just want to see that you can put some points on the board. You know, maybe they come in and Foles is a difference maker and he's, you know, uh, you know, been to a Super Bowl and, and that team's in a different place and, and maybe that's enough to get them over the hump and get this thing on the right track. But I just, I don't know that either of those guys is just so much to, to 
to galvanize this offense. This offense has some weapons, but it's not exactly a star-studded group across the board. Especially with, you know, David Montgomery looked great at times, but could he get to the second level a lot last year? Not really. Is that a product of other things? I don't know. We're going to find out, right? Kind of final topic I want to throw at you, and let's just put a, kind of put a disclaimer out there that, you know, as the season goes along, Cameron, you played offensive line, man, but we're not always going to be hitting you all the time for, you know, what's wrong with the offensive line? Give us the offensive line's take. But maybe for the first pod, you can kind of help shed some light on this because as Bears fans, you know, in 2018, we see an offensive line that, that was productive, that was efficient, that moved the ball, that allowed Trubisky to get outside of the pocket, all these other things that led to success. And then last year, to your point, with that same continuity of players largely outside of the Kyle Long injury, the results weren't the same. So, you know, is that, you know, is that hard to quantify and put your finger on what exactly that is? Are there certain little telltale signs that, you know, maybe little details that we can tell early on in the season that will maybe give us an idea that this offensive line might be on the bounce back or is it like a, a major league bullpen, you know, each year it can be different at any time. I think that the offensive line as much as any position in sports relies uh, is, is, so much on continuity and the ability to know who's going to be playing where and who's going to be playing next to you and knowing who's under center and all those sorts of things matter so much. And I believe that in football and so many more things are related than we really take into account for. I think that there's been a lot of pressure put on this offensive line because they don't have a quarterback that can bail them out with by throwing the ball well downfield or at least that we've seen in the past, we don't have, we haven't seen and this exceptional run game. You know, they had a better running game in 2018 than they showed in 2019. I think that that puts a lot of pressure on these guys uh, on that offensive line uh, to come out and, and establish themselves and establish that offense. That's a big part of the offense. That's where things get going. You got to be able to get the, the, the ball moving. And, and for a lot of people, that's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So I just think that, uh, having some continuity, knowing that who's going to be under center, who am I going to be playing next to? Are we going to you know, be playing together week to week and having success? It just makes such a difference because when the other team knows you can't throw the ball or the other team knows that you're going to have to run, it's such a game changer on the offensive line. And I'm not sure that last year anything ever got established across the board offensively I don't nothing ever got established and so I think that I would love to see them come out with a new offensive line coach you know so many new staff members on that on on the Bears staff and I would just love to see just kind of a new reinvigorated established identity yeah Juan Castillo maybe putting his new stamp on an offensive line and yeah last year Bobby Massey had vertigo missed a couple of weeks Kyle Long got hurt James Daniels was our center week one Mitch didn't really like that we moved Cody Whitehair over. So follow-up question, you know, when an offensive lineman is asked training camp, even during the season, to switch positions, center to guard, guard to tackle, whatever that is, big deal, little deal, or no deal for the player? I think it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal because, you know, you might be comfortable playing that new position. You yourself might be comfortable. Although I think there are very few people, I mean, at the NFL, everyone's good, but it is not left guard and right guard are not the same. It's not the same. The footwork is everything's flipped, you know, go ahead and try and switch your, from your left hand to your right hand in your day-to-day life. It's crazy, right? So 
there are guys that could probably do that, but now all of a sudden think about the guy playing next to you. So if you're the right guard and you've switched positions, that's impacted the right tackle. That's impacted the center. That's impacted the tight end because the right tackle is impacted. So think about the way that all that stuff is tied together. It makes a huge difference in terms of your continuity, your chemistry. You know, you two guys might make this might make a block perfect. They might make the exact double team perfectly. But if their timing is different at all, if their steps, their angle is different at all, they could change off the entire rhythm of the block, the way that the ball carrier sees the, uh, you know, sees the defense and sees that as an opening or not an opening. It can change everything. And so I think that the one of the worst things that offensive line or that an offense can have to go through is a shuffling of an offensive line, whether that be from center to guard, guard to tackle, injuries, you know, trading in new players or or promoting a guy from a practice squad. That that's danger. I think that spells danger for any team, and it's an often uh, overlooked part of an offense's success. And it hurt a unit's confidence too, as well, where it seemed like the Bears struggled, especially early on in the season, where they were really feeling for trying to find their bread and butter plays, like the eight or nine just run plays that they liked a whole lot. Like nothing is more satisfying for a Bears fan, and maybe it is for a former offensive lineman of when they run the exact same running play like three or four times in a row and the opposition can't stop them. And it just seemed like the Bears at times couldn't find plays that, that were working, that when, when stuff got tough, that they could go to and call that number. And by, by the time you get to week four, week five, week six, Matt Nagy's trying – he's pulling the kitchen sink out. He's, he's trying anything, anything that's going to click. You know, is it important to establish sometimes those plays or, you know, whatever that – this is the stuff we do good. We know that we can lean on this when times get tough. I've seen I've, – I've seen – Nagy's offense and this Bears offense these last couple of years and I think man they really do have some cool gadgets they put a lot of emphasis on their gadgets but they don't they haven't had that established presence that established identity I love when a football team comes out and says hey we're gonna run the ball or hey we're gonna come out and we're gonna drop back and pass or whatever it may be and that's not to say that you don't want to have a good mix but there are certain teams styles where you know, hey, this is what we do. And I don't think the Bears have found that yet. And that's partially on the quarterback. That's partially on the inconsistency and the play from position to position on that offensive line. That's having different coordinators. You know, you just have to establish that culture. Certain teams, you just kind of know what you're getting into. You know what you're up for. And I don't think the Bears have found that bread and butter component of their offense and what's really a shame, and it's star-crossed, is that, you know, you were in the building a year before Matt Nagy showed up, and Matt Nagy loves using his offensive linemen uh, and defensive linemen on offense, man. Uh, real quick, tell the, uh, the Believe audiences out there, how are your hands? Could you, could you have been able to maybe uh, do a little quick little rollout for us? Would that have worked? I am absolutely offended by the fact that I believe I, my catch rating on Madden was a 26. you got to because... be kidding me. Yeah, it's like Madden. It's like you guys didn't even care about me because, look, I know that I was not a stellar offensive lineman. I know that I wasn't a stellar football player by any means. But if I was good at one thing, check this out. You see this? This isn't gonna play well on a on a audio medium. But this you guys is the can't large. See it, but we're calling it catch. It's a catch radius right now. We got a big catch radius in the screen. I can't even <laughs> see anything. This is the largest hand in the NFL Combine class of 2017. Okay. These things will catch anything. And as the Bears rolled and converted Bradley Soul into a tight end, exactly. the disdain that I felt sitting on my couch at home as an unemployed 
as an unemployed ex NFL offensive lineman and Bradley soul is catching touchdown passes. Get out of here. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I could have caught the ball. Was I super fast? No. Was I a freak athlete? Absolutely not. Not by any means, but it catch the ball. I'm housing it. You're on the two yard line, bro. It's all you just roll out, put the hands up, bring it in, cradle it, do a little dance. And and listen, that's why I brought the spike ball net because that was my only chance to show anyone that I had athleticism. You know, I had to display it when I could. It's the little things. We need to have a moment of honesty here before we say, uh, before we say goodbye here. Are you one of those guys that on Madden, do you go in and do you jack your stats up a little bit? Have you ever played a franchise where you bring yourself like up to a level Maybe not a 96, but you're like, eh, I'm an 88, uh, 86, uh, divulge. First of all, I was a 63 at my highest, so shout out to that. Yeah, nice, man. <laughs> no, I've never... 70s are starters. Like, what, 71, 72s are starters, man? You're right there, dude. That's shouting distance, bro. <laughs> I mean, shouting distance of starting on a video game. Thank you. 5.39, I... man. 5.39. That's a 5.3. <laughs> that's how we're, that's how we're <laughs> thinking about it. Round, round down in that case. Round I never down. tweaked my start, my uh, my ratings on Madden. I did tweak the the depth chart though. I did definitely slotted myself in the starting lineup. That's great. That's fantastic. How was the running game? Was it was it was a ground and pound? Having a good you time? Sealing the I, edge. That's what I did. You know, I did a great. I I was never uh, an ass kicker. I was I like to describe offensive linemen. I was never an ass kicker. I was a coverer, and what I mean by that is I. I got great position. I was great in the outside zone. That's why I was uh, a good fit for the 2017 scheme. Love to get outside. Love to run fast, cover guys up, play with a lot of enthusiasm. So yeah, that was my whole thing was playing with that outside zone scheme. And yeah, we we got the we got the ball outside. Uh, Cameron, this was great, man. I think this might be the first episode of Believe in Bears. Yeah, I think so too. I think this was a lot of fun. I'm excited to to hopefully keep doing this and and, and you know maybe. Maybe the Bears will prove me wrong, and they'll be more than a wet blanket. I think every single week it's going to be interesting and exciting. Hopefully they can get off to a good start because a good start just opens up the possibilities, right, for anything that can possibly happen in the season. And for all the Believe uh, audiences out there, this was Believe in Bears. Your host, Cameron Lee, stepping in. Joey Christopoulos here. Make sure you guys come back. He's going to be coming out with tons of great content and analysis, really just giving you a look of what it's like off the field, what to look for on the field this year, and just really have a great time. You know, we're going to do some post-game analysis. We're going to do some preview analysis. And we, it looks like we might have a couple Madden games. And if we ever get out of this mess, we might have a spike ball tournament. I don't know. Maybe I'll start learning now. You know, maybe I'll shark you. Who knows? We'll see what happens, Cameron. Saddle up, man. We got a game to play. <laughs> this was Believe in Bears on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos with our host, Cameron Lee. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.